Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The following episode contains strong language right from the start. Welcome to Real Stories Tapes, True Crime, a podcast made by the team behind Real Stories, the online home of exclusive and award-winning documentaries from all over the world. My name is Stephanie Bauer, and we'll be bringing you these fascinating and extraordinary documentaries as a podcast, beginning with a series of gripping true crime stories. In the first episode of this two-part story, We'll look into a brutal and unsolved crime that would shatter the peace of a quiet English village. The murder of 13-year-old Carl Bridgewater. This case sparked one of the largest manhunts in British history, spanning over decades. This episode is based on the documentary Interview with a Murderer, which was made in 2016. Narrated by British actor Stephen McIntosh, the things you're about to hear will probably leave you with even more questions. Everything in this story has a twist to it that I'm not sure what to make of. Perhaps you'll come to different conclusions than me. Give me a minute. This is fucking important to me. And this is going to start the program. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right, you bastards. You're having it. Oh, Christ. Whoa. Tell me when. My name is Bert Spencer. I don't run and I don't hide. And I do tend to say it as it is, regardless. Many of you will remember my name in relation to the murder of Carl Bridgewater. I did not kill Carl Bridgewater. And I am here to prove to you that I did not. 
On the 19th of September 1978, 13-year-old Carl Bridgewater left his home in Wordsley, the West Midlands. Like thousands of other children across the country, he was carrying out a paper round for pocket money. He's a reliable lad, you know, you, you could always rely on him to do things, you know. So, never had no worries about him doing his paper round. At 4 p.m., Carl was making one of his final deliveries of the day to Yew Tree Farm. The owners, an elderly couple, were out. It seems Carl entered the farmhouse and disturbed the burglary. Carl was then shot in the face with a shotgun at point-blank range. The cold-blooded murder of a young boy sparked the biggest police manhunt for a child killer since the Moors murders. We have a good witness and a very clear and uh, lucid type of witness. And he had a very good close look at a man sitting behind the wheel of a, what is probably a blue estate car. There's a distinct possibility that this is one of the men that we are looking for. Police's suspicions were quickly aroused by a local ambulance officer, Bert Spencer. They told me that the paper boy, Carl, has been shot. And I just sat there and I thought, oh my God. And my dad was number one suspect. The one who pulled the trigger, you know. I wish I could get my hands on him, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's very hard to describe that, you know, your feelings to that person. Since Carl's murder nearly 40 years ago, Bert Spencer has lived under the constant shadow of suspicion. Now, he has decided it's time to speak out. Here we see a photograph of Carl. He is white-skinned with dark hair and is smiling. The murder of 13-year-old Carl Bridgewater, even by the grisly standards of murder itself, at Utree Farm in Staffordshire on the afternoon of September 19, 1978, was appalling. On his after-school newspaper round, he unknowingly disturbed an antiques burglary at this lonely farmhouse and was brutally shot down. It was evening meal time, like, you know, and uh, we usually sat down to our evening meal all together and uh, Carl hadn't returned and Janet got a bit worried, you see, so uh, I went to look for him. When I got down by U Tree Farm, there was a police car there, you see. So I pulled up and uh, asked him if he'd seen a paper boy at all, you know. And that's when he said that there had been an incident with a boy, you know, and I had to wait. West Midlands police reconstructed Carl's last known movements in a bid to jog the public's memory. I am quite sure that the offenders went to the farmhouse to break in and steal antiques. And as I say, I'm looking for a link in other similar offenses. As police began to gather witness statements, there was one in particular that stood out. Local company director Roger Edwards gave a very specific account of a vehicle and its driver. I saw a pale blue saloon car, a Vauxhall Viva, turning into Yew Tree Farm. I noticed the driver was a man. He was wearing a dark blue uniform. Police searched for records for all owners of such vehicles in a 50-mile radius. 
One of the owners was ambulance officer Bert Spencer. When police realized that he wore a uniform to work and was a part-time antique stealer, Bert became a focus of their inquiries. This is what Bert Spencer told police officers during an interview at his home just five days after the murder of Carl. I'm a married man, residing with my wife and family at the above address. I'm very interested in antiques, mainly clocks, and occasionally purchase things for my collection. I'm not a dealer. I'm employed by the West Midlands Health Authority. On Tuesday, 19th of September, I was on duty at the hospital from approximately half past eight until approximately 10 past five. I'm the registered owner of a Vauxhall Viva saloon motor car. In that first interview, there were some pieces of information which Bert chose not to volunteer to police. He did not tell them that he knew the Bridgewater family and that, in fact, he had been close neighbours of theirs in Wordsley for a number of years. Nor did he tell them that he regularly hunted with a shotgun on land surrounding Yew Tree Farm, where the murder was committed. Criminologist Professor David Wilson is used by police forces across the country to get inside the minds of murderers. Uh, my name's Simon Golding. I'm a journalist and writer and have been working on a book, a biography of sorts. The man called Bert Spencer. I was wondering if you would be interested in possibly interviewing Bert. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for your time and look forward to hearing from you. The murder of Carl Bridgewater is one of the most infamous unsolved murders in British criminal history. And if Bert Spencer has agreed to be interviewed, that's too good an opportunity to miss. After an initial approach through his biographer, Bert Spencer has invited Professor Wilson to meet him at his home in a remote part of Lincolnshire so they can discuss the murder of Carl Bridgewater. He's giving me a wave, oh, that's very kind of him. Oh, I think Bert's coming out to meet me as well. Well, I've read so much about you, it's a pleasure to meet you. I am, it's very nice to meet you. How are you? I'm so pleased to meet you. Well, it's lovely to meet you. Thank you for I've asking us. i heard a lot about you. Some of it was good. Ah. <laughs> You're more than welcome to come into our home. Come on. Oh, thank you. And come hello. hello. I'm Christine. Christine, hello. My name is David Wilson. It's very um, nice to meet you. I've heard quite a lot about you. Oh, well, I hope some of it was good as he some promised. Of it was. <laughs> some of it Come on in. <laughs> come on in. Just go on in and, and relax. All oh, right. Yours? Yes, uh, some of them are in here. And always animals? Do you always paint no, animals? No, no, or... look, look behind you, there's all there's, there's oh, scenes, is this one of yours landscape too? scene. Some got burned when my former wife uh, had a funny and threw me out and she burned a lot in the garden. Lots of things she burned. But these are some of them, yes. Yeah. She burnt your paintings? Burnt a lot of stuff. Why uh, does she do that? Well, she went a little bit uh, unwell. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. And she used to do that now and again, and um, that's in one of those episodes. Yeah, I lost a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was at work at the time. Also, you're a, you're an ambulance officer. Oh, that's from a long time ago, yeah. I did uh, 19 years with them. Uh-huh. A problem is... Anything good you've done in life, like saving lives, delivering babies, that was lovely. Mm. Helping deliver babies, that was beautiful. It doesn't count for anything when you get yourself into trouble. Yeah. It's all demolished. Yeah. And it's a shame, really, because it's still in my mind, it's still in my heart. I'm still in my heart, an ambulance man. Uh-huh. Although physically I can't be now. Yeah. Well, what about a cup of tea then? Maybe start formally having a chat. You want a cup things. of tea? That's 30 pence. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I've got it. <laughs> I'm sure I've got the 30p. Come with me, come with me Thank you. Now then, throughout this day... What was it that appealed to you about ambulance driving? That's been a recurring theme. I know, I don't know. We used to go out in the middle of the night helping babies. We used to stop in the snow and, uh, and Mum would have a baby. So I took a course to make sure I'd never do anything wrong. The baby would survive my rough handling, as it were. All these little things, soaking wet, covered in blood, and this little tiny thing, I got life. And I don't know what it is. I'm getting emotional. I know you are. You... Can we just wait a bit? Yes, yes, of course. You tell me when you feel ready to start. Come on. It's fine. It's, we're going through start, emotional stuff. Let's talk about the death of Carl Bridgewater. Yes. Where were you when you first heard the news that Carl Bridgewater had been murdered? At home. No, sorry, sorry. I was at work the next day. How did you react? Bloody hell, <laughs> you know. When you were first interviewed... Yes. ...by the police, here was this shocking murder yeah. of a paper boy. You knew the farm? Yes. You knew the family, the yes. Bridgewaters, but you didn't really offer very much to the police in that first interview. I knew them. They weren't personal friends. I know you. You're not personal friend. So if you got stabbed tomorrow in Boston, I haven't got much to offer. I knew you, yes. There's a witness who says that he saw a Vauxhall Viva, right. which you had at the time, right. And the person driving the Vauxhall Viva yeah. was wearing a uniform with two pips right. on it. Thank you for saying that. If you ever went down to Utree Farm, down the lane, and saw a Vauxhall Viva turning left, you'd see a back of a Vauxhall Viva turning left. You'd see nothing else whatsoever. You've just mentioned a car that could have been mine. It wasn't. Because of the sighting of a uniformed man in a blue Vauxhall, the police decided to question Bert again, this time at Corbett Hospital where he worked. They were particularly interested in his alibi, which his secretary, Barbara, provided. 
I can confirm that Mr. Hubert Spencer was at Corbett Hospital all afternoon. What Bert did not tell police was that Barbara and he were close friends and neighbours. Someone said he didn't tell the police that Barbara Reibold lived ten doors up the same road. She was the secretary. You she was the secretary the at the hospital. They didn't ask. Mm. You know, I could have said I've got green socks on tonight. I've just had a poo in the toilet. They didn't ask. Mm. And I appreciated what they were there for. They were asking questions. And I answered the questions. I answered every question. You continue to campaign against people thinking that you had anything to do with that crime. I've stopped that now. Listen, I'm on camera. I don't give a shit. Think what you will. Carl's mother, Janet Bridgewater. Well, I think I was, you know, in shock for quite a while. I, I just... Well, I just wouldn't believe them that it had... No, you know, I just thought they was making it up, that I just couldn't believe that it had happened. In the weeks following the murder of newspaper boy Carl Bridgewater, a local ambulance man, Bert Spencer, was the police's prime suspect. Bert's partner, Christine Rook. Things were going and dropping into place, which I'd say as a... not as an ordinary, as a policeman or a detective, but I would have said, mm, blue car, Bert's got a blue car. Person in uniform, Bert wears a uniform. Knows the family, Bert knows the family. He knew where they lived. Well, three out of three makes a story. Despite the growing body of circumstantial evidence pointing to Bert, just 10 weeks after Carl's murder, the police suddenly had a new lead and a new set of suspects. A professional gang had used a shotgun in another farmhouse raid, just 10 miles from Utree Farm. The police picked up four men, all known to them as armed robbers. Michael Hickey, Vincent, his cousin, James Robinson. A fourth, Pat Malloy. After several days of interrogation, one of the men, Patrick Malloy, admitted to being at Utree Farm. He said he was upstairs when he heard a gunshot and that his accomplice, 16-year-old Michael Hickey, had accidentally killed Carl with a shotgun. Malloy's confession led the rest of the gang to turn on one another. Despite the absence of any physical evidence against them, these confessions led to their successful prosecution and the so-called Bridgewater Four were jailed for between 12 and 25 years. But there was one person who was convinced that the Bridgewater Four were innocent and they'd been set up by the police. Then, as the teenager Michael Hickey was led away, his mother, Anne, rushed to the front of the gallery and cried down to him tearfully, I'll fight, Michael, I'll fight. At the time, no one paid much attention to Anne Whelan's campaign. As far as the public was concerned, Carl's killers were safely behind bars. But then, exactly one month after the Bridgewater trial, there was another brutal shotgun murder 
in the sleepy rural community of Stourbridge. CrimeCon, the world's number one true crime event, is coming to London in 2021 on Saturday the 25th and 26th September. Get inside the mind of serial killers and psychopaths, learn from leading criminologists, immerse yourself in forensic evidence, and delve deeper into unsolved crimes. CrimeCon is the ultimate true crime weekend, partnered with crime and investigation and a perfect opportunity to meet fellow true crime enthusiasts. Limited tickets are on sale now at crimecon.co.uk and we have an exclusive discount code for you. To claim your discount, enter the code REAL at checkout. That's R-E-A-L, REAL. Head over to crimecon.co.uk now. 45 Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Here at Holloway House Farm, a half mile from Newtree. Again, another brutal shotgun killing. This time the victim was a 70-year-old farmer called Hubert Wilkes. It wasn't just the uncanny similarity of the shootings or their proximity that made headlines. It was the name of the person who immediately confessed to the killing. That person was Bert Spencer. In the middle of a late-night social gathering, Wilkes' close friend, Hubert Spencer, left the room, returned with a shotgun and killed him. Bert has never talked in detail about the one murder he does admit to, the shooting of his own friend, farmer Hubert Wilkes. This little old man, I love him because he was like a father. <sighs> On December the 13th, 1979, farmer Wilkes hosted a gathering for Bert's 40th birthday at Holloway House Farm. Wilkes' daughter, Jean, Bert, and his first wife, Janet, were the guests. Hubert Wilkes used to brag. The farmers used to get together and he'd mix special cocktails to get the women pissed and they'd have a swap around. 
thought nothing of it. But I must have thought something of it. I'd had a lot of whiskey before I went there, because it was my birthday. I'd had a lot of whiskey. I used to drink whiskey, I don't know, because in case it makes me nasty. Poured the drinks. Then he stood up, and he says, in a great big loud voice, Janet! I've made you a special cocktail. And I cannot remember what happened next. Apparently, I took his gun from the door jam, went to my car, got a hacksaw, I cut the barrel off. I went in. And then I went and shot him. Bert also viciously attacked his wife, Janet, who managed to escape from the farm, still bleeding in a state of shock. Janet's daughter remembers exactly what her mother said the night her father murdered Hubert Wilkes. My mother said she got up from the settee and they had a fight. As she was trying to grab the gun off him, he used the butt of the gun and, and just constantly hit her on the top of her head. And she ran off and she ran into the kitchen and my dad was chasing her through the house and she hid under the table. I picked another gun up from another door jam, put in my car. I drove up the lane and saw an ambulance. Oh, my mates. And I stopped. I stopped. It's all insane. <laughs> and a, a driver came up and he said, Bert, <coughs> don't go down the lane. There's a gunman on the loose. I said, Barry, I think it's me. Bert's confession and refusal to offer any defence or explanation to the jury meant his trial lasted just four days. He was sentenced to life for murder. Bert's conviction and the many similarities between the murder of Carl and Wilkes were further ammunition to those convinced the Bridgewater Four were innocent. This is one of the fields that used to be belonging to the farm. Today, nearly 40 years after the night he murdered farmer Wilkes, Bert Spencer is returning with the criminologist David Wilson to Holloway House Farm, the scene of his crime. And farmer Wilkes farmed Tree Farm and, as well. And there's a farm, that's Holloway House Farm there. Oh my gosh, it looks pretty impressive, doesn't it? That is how it was. And um, I was his gardener, his chauffeur. What would you say to Hubert Wilkes? No, I'm so ashamed, no, I'll say nothing. Nothing? No. Mm -hmm. This hurts. Oh, because I, I, I shot him, didn't I? Friend, it hurts. It hurts me. I, I don't expect you to understand that. It does. No, I understand it. I understand that it's very emotional and overpowering. I just went bloody mad, didn't I, for a few minutes? How come Hubert Wilkes ends up dead in exactly the same way as Carl Bridgewater? I don't know about that. I don't know circumstances or what, what do you call it, um, coincidence or whatever. 
but apparently you did. Yeah. Th that must strike you. That coincidence must strike eerie. you as eerie, eerie and odd. Yes. Yes. They said to me, the police said it's exactly the same as Carl died. Exactly the same. Those eerie similarities were to haunt Bert Spencer for his entire time in prison. And they also fueled the campaign to free the Bridgewater Four, who in 1981 launched the first of several appeals against their convictions for Carl's murder, claiming Bert Spencer was the real killer. There are a number of coincidences which, if there hadn't been that second murder at the farm up the road, one may never have known about. Shouting Bert's name from the rooftops, one of the Bridgewater Four men started the longest prison protest in history, 89 days. Michael Hickey demonstrated on the roof of Leicestershire's top security, Gartree Prison, stating his case through a makeshift loud hailer. Hickey also painted the name of the man he believed was the real killer on the roof for all to see, Spencer. The investigative journalist Paul Foote was persuaded to join the Bridgewater campaign. And with his help, Bert's name was rarely out of the headlines. These alleged, what did I call them, celebrities, the campaign group, it's full of celebrities, all trying to get me hung for the crime. They didn't know what they were talking about, but they, some, some of those groups, came to Wilmot Scrubs, 11.30 one night, and outside the big wall with the razor on it, chanting, chanting to the, to the kill Bert Spencer, kill Bert Spencer, gold Bridgewater, blah, blah, inciting the inmates to kill me. And you, members of that campaign group, judge me. I won't name you here. I won't name and shame you here. I may do one day. I may. Well, thank you very much, Bert, for agreeing to see me, and I'll see you again soon, I hope. More than welcome, anytime. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you again. Safe journey. Thank yep. you. Come on, here. I'm developing a picture of Bert. I don't want to easily jump to labels, but there was some huge narcissism. And think about how he could switch on and off emotion. We need to check the materials in relation to his movements on the day that Carl Bridgewater died. Come on, babe, you're all right. Bert's just coming behind us with a, another dog. So, do you know whose dog it is, Bert? We're going to find out up there. All right, love. Come on, babe. In there, love. In there. That's what's going through his mind at the minute. He wants to know exactly what I think. He wants to know if he passed the test. There he goes, the hero in his own mind. Animal lover, child lover, killer. We see archive footage from a mid-1990s television program. Bert Spencer is holding up a newspaper showing his own face alongside the headline, Is This Carl's Killer? I had no involvement in the Carl Bridgewater murder. I did not kill Carl. No involvement whatsoever. And this lie has been going on for 18 years. Bert Spencer was released from prison in 1995. 
He served 14 years without parole for refusing to show any remorse or shed any light on why he had murdered Hubert Wilkes. Less than two years later, the Bridgewater Four would also find themselves free men. Cries of joy, cheers of jubilation, and first embraces with those who'd helped them find freedom. The Bridgewater Four's convictions were quashed because lawyers were able to prove that the original confession, which was also the key piece of evidence against them, had been forged. The defence lawyers also repeatedly named an alternative suspect, Bert Spencer. Mr Bennett Heitner QC spoke about a man seen by police after the murder called Herbert Spencer. Mr Spencer had also failed to disclose that he knew Carl Bridgewater, that he bought and sold antiques, and that he had permission to shoot birds at Utree Farm. With Carl Bridgewater's killer still at large, Bert Spencer once again found himself being asked difficult questions about the newspaper boy's death. In 1997, the same year Anne Whelan's son was exonerated, she and Bert Spencer met head-to-head in an intense televised debate on the news. Well, joining me now are Bert Spencer, who's been accused of killing Carl Bridgewater, his wife Christina, and Anne Whelan. Michael Hickey's mother. Do you now feel the need to get involved in the search to find that man? I won't rest, let's put it like this, until the perpetrator of that child, the killing of that child, is behind bars. I mean, he has been accused of this um, by prisoners seven times at least. Now, after reading that this morning, a lot of people are going to draw the conclusion that you killed Carl Bridgewater. Well, people are, but nothing keeps the spotlight off me while there's people like Anne Whelan pointing her finger at me. I do not fear any police investigation. I would welcome one. It wasn't me that accused you in the very first place. I want to finish, please. Yeah. Um, is this not a fact? You did have guns. Is this not a fact? You were an antique dealer. Is this not a fact? You live next door to the child and you refused to tell the police that. Is this not a fact that your car was seen turning into Yew Tree Farm, that the, the police went out in, in a 50-mile radius to look for Vauxhall Vivas? They came up with a few Vauxhall Vivas. Like is this around. a fact that you were the only man in uniform that was found and it you happened to be like the man. Answers. Is this a fact when they went to your house you could have said, go and see my colleague, Mrs Rybold, she will give you an alibi. Is I this not so. a fact your papers have gone missing? Don't lie on this programme. She went to the hospital. Mr I Spencer, so. I have this in... I don't need papers. I don't think there's anything I in have, your head worth... worth well, I'm in. sorry. This now, has this, to be sorted this, out This properly. is not a court. All right, Neither okay. is it trial by media. All right, but let me ask you one question. For the record... Right, ask it. Did you shoot Carl Bridgewater? I did not. And that is on the record. And no attempts by these people, no amount of attempts, is going to remove it from the record. Talking about facts, that lady is fact. During the course of the campaign to free the Bridgewater Four, Anne Whelan accumulated thousands of legal documents, which she believes may still help catch Carl Bridgewater's killer. David Wilson has been given unrestricted access to the materials. And there are all these boxes related to the case? Yes, cabinets and all those boxes and the boxes all behind and everything. It's crystal clear in some of these boxes that you see that the evidence is there to convict the person that um, is responsible for the horrific murder. You know, psychopath. 
I think. Yes. So that's what I'm hoping anyway. And you've been incredibly vocal about saying that Bert Spencer was responsible for Carl's murder. Why do you think he's never sued you? Well, because he did it. Because he's guilty. If he sued me, he takes me into a court of law, doesn't he? The quashing of those convictions inevitably put the spotlight back onto Bert Spencer. You met him a few times. How did those encounters go? I find him personally, um, again, a personal uh, feeling, this is quite a chilling man. How does Bert Spencer react to you on a personal level? Oh, most of the time, wishes me dead. That's the best thing that could happen to me. So, uh, and I'll tell you why, I think, because he knows that I'm right. I've got a feeling he wants to be challenged. He knows he's guilty. I think he's playing a game with everybody. I know, I just know. I'm not just pointing a finger because of the sake of it. But in my eyes, Bert Spencer killed Carl Bridgewater. I don't want to speak to Anne Whelan. I have no interest whatsoever in my life. She's not in part of my life. She's a nothing. I actually hate the bitch. I worship the ground she's got coming to her. Horrible bitch. Her boy did it. I am absolutely convinced. Professor David Wilson recruited a team of researchers at Birmingham City University to sift through the Bridgewater archive, which Anne Whelan had kept in her shed. This is old-fashioned research. In these boxes are documents collected over the course of 20 years by Anne Whelan, who is the mother of Michael Hickey, one of the Bridgewater Four. Frankly, they're a treasure trove of information. And I believe that in these boxes is the identity of the killer of Carl Bridgewater. Searching through the papers, the researchers uncover documents that David believes may be of real importance. All ambulance officers kept timesheets. These would have proven Bert's whereabouts and supported his alibi. But crucial records and logbooks on the critical days had vanished. A police officer has gone and looked at the ambulance's daily record sheets, and unfortunately, on the date of Carl's murder, the record sheets are missing. Bert claims it was corrupt policemen who removed the records to make him look guilty at the time when they thought he was the prime suspect. As the search continues, there's another revealing discovery. The complete transcript of the second interview conducted with Bert at Corbett Hospital. The police officer says, I made known to him the reason for my visit and said, have you visited Yew Tree Farm? Spencer replied, yes, I have. You found out. When asked if he'd ever been to Yew Tree Farm in uniform, Bert replied, I think so. 
In his first police interview, Bert Spencer failed to disclose that he knew the Bridgewaters and had been their neighbour for several years. This time, he admitted he did know Carl Bridgewater. He said, well, you know I used to live in the same area. The officer said, three doors away. You were 21 and he was 25. He would know you, I suppose. Well, perhaps I didn't recognise him, replied Bert. That's a very odd statement, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't recognise him. Is he meaning the press photographs? Or is he meaning actually in Yew Tree Farm that day? Does Carl Bridgewater have to die for the simple instrumental reason that Bert didn't recognise him, but Carl recognised Bert? Since killing Hubert Wilkes nearly four decades ago, Bert Spencer has lived with the label of murderer. We make mistakes. Some of us make dreadful mistakes. I took a life, okay? I, I, I'm fully aware of the, the awfulness of that. The wind blowed that off, look. I go to church and I say, with you, the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us, as we forgive those who trespass against us. What a load of liars we are as a nation. We will not forgive those who trespass against us. We want revenge. Why didn't you forgive me? You're liars, you're two-faced, as you talk to your God and he will do something about it one day. After sifting through the original police investigation into Bert Spencer, David wants to ask Bert directly about the mysterious missing ambulance timesheets and his alibi. Those records, by going missing, were unable to corroborate what it was that you said about where you were, because your, your argument yeah. is that you were at Combat yes, Hospital okay. all day. What was it in the book? What was in the book might have been something that could exonerate you completely. Yes, yes. Something in the book might have been something that would incriminate you completely. Yes, yes. So the book going missing is quite important in terms of the story we've been discussing. It is, but if there was something in that book that could incriminate me, why didn't they give it to the news media? We've got him. Because it was you that took it. That's oh, their um, argument. <laughs> their argument is it was you that took the book. You couldn't get in. You can't get in. But you knew that headquarters really well, didn't I you? I knew it really well. You definitely were at Corbett Hospital all day. All day. All day. Every, every minute of that day. And it was proven, so. But well, well, it hasn't been proven. Because the thing that could prove that, Bert, were the records. And the records went missing. I'm worried that you're getting cold. I am cold, yes. So let's go back to the house. I am cold, yeah. Who is Bert Spencer? Bert Spencer is, I am my daddy's boy. He was a nasty hard bastard. Are you a nasty That's hard? Me. Are you a nasty hard bastard? No, but I'm his boy and I. So the apple never falls too far from the tree? Is that what you're arguing? Possibly. I don't know. If you jump on my back, you'll get hurt. 
Okay, if you don't jump on my back, I'll love you and cuddle you and treat you out. Don't attack me, because I am my daddy's boy. And it'll come out. It's not anger, you know, is it? No, it feels like a threat. Yeah, shut up. It does. <laughs> it does. It feels like a threat. But no, I no. have to reflect. You asked me a question. I'm trying to answer it. Oh, yeah. Who, it, who am I? You answered it very clearly. I did. You did. I meant you, it. I understood what you were it's arguing. It's not threatening you. Mm. It's, not it's not threatening anyone. If anyone jumps on my back with aggression in mind, I can deal with it like my dad did. I am my daddy's boy. But if we cross you, Bart... You've done it. You've crossed that barrier. Mm -hmm. I won't hurt you. Mm -hmm. I'll discuss with you. I'll question. I'll question you. I'll question anybody. What does it mean to be labelled as a murderer? Just stop a minute. Mm -hmm. If you could switch off time and go back in time to 1978. Yeah, 1978. What would you have changed in your life at that point? I'd have been away on holiday, away from the West Midlands. The bad memories in 78? If, if you want to stop, you can stop. Just stop. You know, fair credit to him. I keep trying to explain to him that people will look at this and he calls it trial by media. Well, actually, it's him that's called. It's him that's, it's him that set himself up as a court. He's put himself in the dog. As a criminal psychologist, David Wilson is trained to evaluate offenders showing symptoms of psychopathy. This is known as a P-scan. It's not a clinical diagnosis, but a recognized method for evaluating the criminal mind, widely used by law enforcement. What I'll do tonight is I'm going to do a, a P-scan on him, which is simply looking to see if, based on the things that he's written, the performances in terms of TV, my own knowledge now of him through some 20 hours of interview, am I dealing with somebody who's psychopathic? I haven't slept for two nights thinking about it. He told me to delve on this and delve on that. I'm not happy with him. Is all to do with multiple psychotic killers. Is he trying to make me one? Is he trying to tie me into Carl Bridgewater? And it feels as though he is. I wasn't there. I wasn't guilty. And now he's raising it all up again. That criminalises me. I could be bloody arrested. I'm a liver. He's got me on trial by media. I want to ask him face to face, what do you hope to achieve from this broadcast? Next time, in the conclusion to this two-part story, David Wilson and Bert Spencer revisit Tree Farm, the rural and isolated scene of the still unsolved killing of Carl Bridgewater in 1978. 
and a vital witness that hasn't spoken publicly before is interviewed on record for the first time. This podcast episode is based on the Channel 4 documentary, Interview with a Murderer, directed by David Howard. If you go to our YouTube channel, Real Stories, you can watch it in its entirety for free, along with many more full-length documentaries. I am your host, Stephanie Bauer. If you liked this episode, remember to subscribe for more intriguing stories like this and leave a review and help us spread the word. You can also find us on Instagram at realstoriesdocs, that's one word, docs spelled D-O-C-S. See you next week. Till then, stay safe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.